Hello and welcome to the Jock Mailbag. My name is Damo. This week we have Azza filling in for Clarky. Big week this week, isn't it, Azza? You're not wrong. Half, you know, we're one week through the buys, two to go. So a little work still to be done to navigate our way through, but exciting times nonetheless because we do have the opportunity to bring in some players that have had the buy and then look to what we do with the players that aren't playing this week. Yep, and joining us this week is Dan Batten from the KFC Supercoach team. Thanks for taking the time out of your busy schedule to come here today. Oh, no, it's a, an absolute privilege. Obviously, a long time, first time. I was listening back in the day when there was Jock Reynolds crouching one and all that. So, it's a, yeah, it's great to, to get the opportunity to be on the pod. And the consensus this week is that round 13 is probably the hardest buy around for two reasons. Uh, one being that so many popular players are out this week, McRae, Miller, Laird, Dunkley, but also uh, Dan. The teams coming off the buys don't have too many popular selections. So this week might be the week to jump on a point of difference for the run home. Yeah, I think so. But there's obviously uh, some fairly decent options that have performed really well and starting to grow in popularity. I think like a, uh, a Sinclair, for instance, I'm going to be looking at him this week. Also, even though that uh, Gorn isn't coming off the buy, I think I may have to just bite the bullet and get him because if he does punch out a 130 or even a 150 against Darcy Cameron on Queen's birthday, I may not be able to actually get him without burning an extra trade. So I think I'm going to be looking at a, a double upgrade in Sinclair and Gorn, um, hopefully down to where, but obviously a, a bit of a buyer beware there. Who knows if he actually does keep his spot. Lockie Whitfield could be in the mix there to replace him. He has been okay the last couple of weeks, but yeah, um, I'm probably going to be looking at a, a double upgrade, I think. Um, and But yeah, there certainly are some, some nice juicy pot options, like a, potentially even a, a Dan Houston down back. And as a, what are your trade plans for this week? Well, unfortunately, I'm one of the unlucky ones that have got Bailey Smith to uh, to work out through. So it's likely he is gone. I, I think I, with two weeks out and the buy this week, total of three weeks out, you, 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 you can look at keeping him, but I just think you can't at this stage, especially when you've got someone like a value buy in Zach Merritt. So for me, it mm. might be a straight swap there. Uh, I might look at doing a, um, a downgrade and an upgrade as well just to finish it off. But, yeah, I don't think this is going to be the week for me to do it because the only uh, juicy cash cows I've got left are playing this week in Nick Dacos and um, um, sorry, and Martin from Essendon. So probably going to hold them this week, but who knows? There might be some uh, late trades that happen depending on the team selections. All right, well, let's get straight into the questions. Which forwards would you look at to finish your team? This is a question that comes from Matthew on Twitter. Look, I'll jump in here first. I think um, the big one for me next week is I'm going to look at Bonham Pelly. With Bailey Smith out, there's potential for a little bit of a scoring boost there. Um, but obviously, now that he's mid-forward, there's a lot to like in his scoring potentials. He will probably likely finish the season as a top six forward. So for me, he's one that I'm hoping to finish my forward line off along with Tim English, but I'm not going to be getting him immediately. I'm going to wait to see what happens over the coming weeks um, with his first game back. Wasn't super ideal um, for Supercoach, but it does present opportunity with potential um, scoring downgrades. So we'll look at that. Um, other options that I like, um, Luke Parker, Tom Libertore are also good. 
Um, Jeremy Cameron, I know, is an interesting one for you, Damien. You've sort of mentioned him. Is that something you're likely to look at? Yeah, the Cats Run Home is quite easy when you have mm. a look at it. They've got a couple of tough games along the way, but they've got um, they've got West Coast, then Richmond, then North Melbourne, and then they've got Melbourne, which might be tough. And then they've got Carlton, which might be interesting with no Jacob Wiedering and no uh, Mitch McGovern and them being fairly thin down there. Port Adelaide, Western Bulldogs, St Kilda, Gold Coast and West Coast again. So uh, he's one who could average 90 to 95 on the run home and be a nice point of difference for those looking for something else. Yeah, for sure. I, I, that's a quite a juicy option. Even, a, even someone like Tom Hawkins as well. He does often finish the, the year with a flurry, but then may drop a 40 in there. So that, that is the risk you take, I guess, with the, the key forwards. In terms of my forward line, I actually have a full forward line at the moment, but I do have Darcy Cameron uh, sitting in there. So I think I may have to end up trading him once Brody Grundy's back. It's probably at five or six weeks uh, or maybe three or four weeks now, actually, um, until he returns. So uh, And hopefully we'll make a little bit more cash. He's at 500K at the moment. So hopefully he can get to that sort of 530 mark, that sort of sweet spot. But yeah, looking at a guy like Tim English, I mean, had a down game against the Cats, but they've been renowned for for stopping Ruckman in, in previous weeks. But, yeah, I do like him, especially with his Ruck forward uh, eligibility that DPP, if you've got a guy like Bryn Teekle as your R3, you can, or Hugh Dixon even, you can swing him and provide cover for a guy like Sean Darcy, who's probably going to miss a game in the, in the back half of the season. I reckon that's probably a safe bet. Um, in terms of cheaper options, though, one that uh, – my colleague at the Herald Sun, uh, Al Payton, actually I think it was Tim Mitchell floated, um, is Taylor Walker. He's having an absolute flying season and really flying under the radar. From his eight games, he's averaged 100 points. Uh, obviously, some some a bit of a roller coaster there with Tex with a, a 150 uh, last week against the Eagles and then 84 and 67. But he's priced at 470K. Um, you know, they've got Gold Coast North, and Hawks in the next month. So coming off that, that round 13 bye, it could be a, a nice little pod to consider, I reckon. And Geelong are on the bye, so people will be looking to move on someone like a Sam de Koning. Matthew has also asked, could you potentially keep Sam de Koning for the season? I think in previous seasons... You could, and if you were desperate on trades at this time of the year, you probably could look at it, especially given that he's averaging consistently over 70. It's not great, but it's not bad for a D6. However, this year is quite different um, to previous years because we've got a lot uh, more defenders through the DPP that are coming through, and the scoring potential of those are a lot higher than we've seen in previous seasons as well. So, Looking at this year, we've had uh, four players average over 110, 11 average over 100, and 30 average over 90. Now, compare that to this same time last year, there was only one player averaging over 110 and eight over 100. So there's a lot more uh, valuable primos out there than uh, previous years. So I think this is probably the year that you couldn't really look at having Sam DeConing um, as a as a D6, but D7, definitely. Um, it would be a great option to have as a backup just in case, but 
I think probably is now the time to strike while the iron's hot and getting in um, someone like a, a Sam Docherty who's a fall, arguably a fallen primo at 530k, but um, juicy value there. Yeah, I agree with with Az's point there that you probably got to strike while the iron's hot and look to upgrade because in defence, there's just so many scorers that can consistently get over 105, 110. The one that I would potentially consider... Uh, keeping as a D7 is Nick Dacos. I mean, he's admitted in recent weeks he's been carrying an injury um, and he showed that in the wet that he can score like a primo and he was doing that at the start of the year. Did fall away a little bit. Um, obviously, that can happen with uh, rookies uh, in, in their first season, but he, he was he has said that he was carrying that injury, so that could have been the reason for some of those diminishing returns, but was you know came back with, it, with a bang with 110 on the weekend and I mean if he scores well again this week and you're, you're well placed around 14 you could consider holding him again but if, you, if you're looking aggressive and looking to move up the ranks then you probably got to move on the likes of De, De Koning, McCartan uh, and Dacos if you have them. You mentioned Nick Dacos there. Uh, Tim's on Tim uh, Timothy on Twitter has uh, said Nick Dacos and Paddy McCartan they've had a good week or two which has reset their break-evens do you still look at trading them out? And you said you could probably keep Dacos, but Paddy McCartan's probably one that you can look at moving on during the Swans bye week. Yeah, I think so. I've got uh, DeConing and McCartan at the moment. I'm going to look to trade both of them in order to do that double upgrade that I mentioned earlier. Um, I mean, McCartan is one you, you could keep as well, but it's just, it's just so valuable, that 370K, that, that money. And he doesn't have the heights of a, a Dacos I don't think, but he's just been so consistent with his with his contested marking and, and intercepting in defence. Really been a revelation, and, and the fact that he is a, a deaf forward means you could potentially hold on if you do have a, a swing set there, like a, a Keating Coleman or uh, another sort of deaf forward swing. But yeah, I think you're better off, especially this week if you're not uh, looking too great, uh, looking you know, struggling to field 18, which uh, I think I will be with the. Uh, uh, Morris Rioli in some danger. Um, but, yeah, I, I'd probably be moving him on. Dan mentioned it there, Morris Rioli in some danger because Judson Clark has been confirmed to debut for Richmond this weekend. Uh, so big watch on team selection and just quickly, team selection will probably happen a bit scattered over the week, the weekend because there's six games over five days, which might make things interesting. Jevs on Twitter has asked, he's likely exiting the buys with nine trades left and Butters, Cameron and Brayshaw as his worst on-field players. Should he look to eventually upgrade them or should he hold them? I guess this is probably a slightly challenging question to ask because we don't know which Cameron or which Brayshaw they are. Is it Darcy Cameron, Jeremy Cameron, Andrew Brayshaw, Angus Brayshaw? But I think um, well, let's let's assume that it's Darcy Cameron and Angus Brayshaw. I think, uh, as um, Dan's mentioned earlier, you're wanting to look to trade Cameron um, once Grundy comes back into the fray, um, or you know where there's an opportune uh, moment to capitalise on a fallen primo. Bailey Smith's probably a good example in a few weeks' time, um, with you know Cameron um, with Grundy coming back later in the season with Smith out for a few, then his price might drop could be a good opportunity there just to do a straight swap um and bob's your uncle it's a proven primo uh as for someone like uh 
uh, Angus Brayshaw and Zach Butters. Look, both are pretty valuable, um, but they're also pretty volatile at the same. Um, but both come with a solid ceiling. I'd be holding, again, unless an opportunity presents itself. I mean, to have um, nine trades, as you said there, Damo, that's a sublime luxury to have. So, yeah, definitely you could look at it, but I wouldn't be doing that right now. Probably something towards the finals time. Fair enough. We will move on to the next question. I think you summed that up pretty well there. Matthew Pitt on Twitter wants to know if Darcy Parrish is worth is worth the extra 100K over Zach Merritt. Yeah, it's a great question. It'll be the question on Cahill's Supercoach's lips this week. Um, he's one that uh, I'm, Merritt I'm going to be looking at you know, probably next week. Um, I, I would love to have him this week, but I feel like Gorn's probably going to rise in price too much this week for me to... Uh, so I've got to sort of go with him over, over Merritt. But yeah, it's really interesting one. I think you just got to look at your side and, I mean, can you afford to spend that 100K? If you've got a heap of money in the bank, you probably can't afford to. But, I mean, that extra 100K especially if we're trading out the likes of McCartan, De Koning, some may have already traded that Dacos, some may have already traded that Hayes as well. There's not that much cash uh, you know, on our benches left, like a guy like Greg Clark maybe or, or Robbie McComb might be the only sort of ones and that's only getting you 150K rather than 250. Think about next week um, what where that sort of leaves you. I reckon if you end up, if you still end up full premium, uh, by the end of the buys, you probably can't afford to because you'd think the parish is going to score the extra five to ten. But we know Merritt goes absolutely bang in the second half of seasons. Um, and you know, his form hasn't been bad at all. I mean, he's had a couple of bad games. And he wins a truckload of the footy. Um, a lot of it has been, he obviously does cop quite a lot of criticism for his, you know, sideways handballs and kicks, but he, he you know, doesn't miss the target much. And I mean, his last two games, 102 and 130, um, did have that 57 in there against the Swans, but they were all terrible that night. So we can cut him some slack there. Other than that, he hasn't scored below 99 with four other tons um, previously. So I think that he's a, a really good buy, a safe bet for 520K. It's not like you're getting someone who doesn't have any scoring history, you know, can be averse to a poor score. I think that... Um, especially you just got to think about what you're going to be doing with that extra 100k and it could be really valuable um come the end of the year and you got to ask the same question is sam walsh worth the extra 80k over someone like patrick cripps who is still mm. only five hundred and forty-eight thousand dollars? in that case i reckon i reckon he almost is worth it because we've seen cripps going to the ruck recently uh walsh is just in sublime form and he's you know who knows where he can actually get to uh, his upside is is really significant. Parrish, it, he's one who wins a lot of the footy, but his ceiling's not particularly high unless he's winning like his 45 disposals. Um, he's not going to be getting – he does – is a little bit of a butcher with the footy at times. Um, so I think that's – a. I reckon that's a little bit of a different scenario. You know, I guess the, uh, that brings up the discussion as well, Walsh or Merritt. I still probably think it's Merritt because you can probably do a lot more uh, with that 100K and the difference might be not be too much. We had a question asking us who we'd prefer out of these four options. So I guess if we were to rank these four players, and I'll go first, it's probably 
Merritt, then Walsh, then Cripps, then Parrish. Dan, how, how, how would you rank them? Yeah, fairly similar, I think. I think I'd be going, so Merritt, uh, then Walsh, uh, then Parrish, I reckon, and then probably Cripps last, just because in the last few weeks he has had some hiccups. Uh, we know that his durability has been an issue um, in recent years, um, and you know, especially if he's been thrown to the rock, might mean he's even more uh, banged up. But yeah, obviously the, there's significant upside in in Walsh and Parish. But yeah, merits the, the value option that can allow you to do some other stuff. I think with uh, additional trades and maybe even save you a trade. Asa, how would you rank them? Yeah, I tell you what, it's 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 a lot tougher than it looks on paper, um, especially when you dive a bit deeper into the stats. So uh, as Dan mentioned, um, Zach Merritt is one that absolutely uh, dominates in the second half of the years. You look at his uh, scores from last season uh, in 2021, he averaged 119.3 after the bye. And in 2020, we obviously can't really take a lot into it because of the uh, the difference of that season, but he still averaged 127 from round 13 onwards. So Dan's exactly right. There is value to be had there. Um, he, if you take out his 57, his lowest score, Zach Merritt, he is currently averaging 113. So that is only just five short of um, Parrish. And that you know, means his lowest score is seven, um, 99, I should say. So I would be putting Merritt in the same category as sort of Cripps. I'm sort of tossing up between them. Again, if you take out Cripps as 38, he's averaging 124 with five scores over 120. And as we know, has a huge ceiling. Yes, the durability factor is there, but it is a risk versus reward game. And mm. I'm very much on that risk side. So Cripps and Merritt for me, followed by probably Walsh, then Parrish. Walsh again, um, huge consistency, low score rating, nine, six scores of 120, as in phenomenal form, as Dan said. And um, I reckon he'd be the one to jump on. So the consensus is Zach Merritt is probably the top trading option this mm. week for the midfield. That's all the questions for this week. So we'll get into the captaincy options for the week. Thursday night, Richmond take on Port Adelaide. Uh, VC options, Travis Boak, Dustin Martin, Jaden Short, maybe Ollie Wines. Anyone else standing out as a potential vice captaincy option there? Dan Houston, maybe it's a bit of a smoky, but I think it's going to be fairly wet um, in Melbourne on on Thursday night. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that does play out. That may not work in a guy like Houston or even a guy like Jaden Short's favour. Yeah. Uh, might work in Ollie Wines' favour though, if you're looking at him or have him as a pod. He could be a, a juicy VC on the on the Thursday night. Definitely, I would agree with Wines there, especially with the uh, the stats backing that up against Richmond. His last four games, uh, 106, 189, wow. 95, and 142. So VC from that option for me, I would be looking at Ollie Wines. Excellent. And both teams just had the bye. Who are we tipping? On the Tigers, man. Um, I'm thinking Richmond just. Uh, I, I feel like... Uh, both sides aren't great in the in the coal face, but I reckon we might just have the edge um, if if it's raining. I've tipped Richmond. Yep, tights for me as well. Next game is Essendon versus Carlton. Uh, vice captaincy options here: are Cripps, Walsh, Hewitt, Merritt, Parish. Anyone else I'm forgetting? Maybe Doherty. even Hewitt. Hewitt, yeah, Hewitt's uh, not a bad option, I reckon. 
and Doherty potentially as well mm. is an, is another option. Or um, Jack Carroll for just for the hipster if he's listening. Might <laughs> <laughs> go three weeks in a row. Yeah, don't do that again. Um, <laughs> we're tipping Carlton here, aren't we? I think so. I think yeah. it's, Tim was actually quite worried about uh, this game, but I don't think. Tim's worried about every game. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. That's true. He's quite a pessimistic Blues fan. Yeah, sort of has good reason to be, but no, I think they should waltz and could be an absolute Friday night fizzer. Saturday, the early game on Saturday, one of the only two games on the Saturday, um, Fremantle take on Hawthorne uh, here in Perth at Optus Stadium. Vice games, the options are Brayshaw, I wonder if anyone's going to go early on Fife. I, would, Ooh, I, I wouldn't recommend it. it. Um, Will Brody could be a vice captaincy option in this yeah, game as well. Be. Sean Darcy play. against Ned Reeves is another <laughs> option. And um, depending on how the Dockers try and send it into the forward 50, James Sicily could be an option as well. It's going to be wet, but I'm still tipping Fremantle. Agree. Yeah, yeah, Dockers comfortably. But yeah, I'm, th- I'm considering Darcy for the VC. Potentially, I, would, I was almost going to put the C on him last week. I was telling Damo off air. Luckily, Toot came through because otherwise I would have probably lost about 120 points on that. But <laughs> and, um, and yeah, I don't mind him against Reeves. <laughs> oh, no, did you? Yeah, oh, no. Unfortunately, I had, I had the absolute shocking round of having uh, Tom Stewart as vice-captain and Sean Tussie. Oh, <laughs> that's a killer. Um yeah, so a bit of a rough round. But no, I, I reckon I'm going to back it up again. I'm going to leave Darcy with the C. Yeah. Uh, against Hawthorne, his last three games, 183, 129, 139. That's what we like to hear. I reckon he'll be up there again. And then on Saturday night, Brisbane returned to the Gabba to take on St Kilda. St Kilda's just come off the bye. Brisbane have just lost to Fremantle. So both teams will be wanting to prove themselves, especially... Brisbane after that loss. Mm. Neil is a potential captaincy option because St. Hilda don't usually tag. Um, Jack Sinclair might be an option as well as a vice captaincy option if you're confident with someone coming in the next two games. Anyone else so that I'm forgetting in those games, guys? Yeah, probably not. Probably just those two. Yeah. I'm tipping Brisbane in this game, but I think it's going to be quite close yeah yeah i agree with that i reckon saints could surprise um but probably tip in the lines i reckon in a close one the only game on sunday north melbourne versus <laughs> the giants josh kelly is the one that stands out oh, in this yeah. game for me if you've got him i think he's the one to go for as a um, yeah yeah <laughs> I don't, i've got no comment on this game <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, I'm, I'm, I'm even looking at bringing Josh Kelly in um, just because yeah. of his his current form, his current record, and the potential against North is just huge. He's put he put up 147 against us last season, and he's put up another two in previous uh, years. So there's definitely um, some good scoring potential there from Kelly, as we know, and he could go absolutely gangbusters against North. Who knows? But I'm not looking forward to it. And we're all on the Giants here. Yeah, I think so. I mean, 
I mean, the, the word out, like even the, the reserves are getting sprayed. So <laughs> I don't think the morale's too high over at, at Arden Street. Uh, yeah, no comment. <laughs> Moving on. And then Monday, Queen's birthday, Collingwood take on Melbourne. The captaincy options in this game are obviously Gorn, Oliver, Petrarca, maybe uh, on the Collingwood side. Darcy Cameron. <laughs> Darcy, well, if you bowl, I like it. If you bowl, Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> I'm not a huge fan of putting the captaincy on someone in the last game of the round. Um, oh, a bit of superstition. Just a, have you been burnt a, before? A, a little bit of superstition there. But Gorn versus Cameron is something that might be something that might be something mm. that someone looks at. Oliver yeah. might be another one because Collingwood don't usually tag, although they have sent players to run with players. Mm. Um, Petrarca is another one. He was saying that he needs a big crowd to get going and you always <laughs> get a big crowd at the Queen's Birthday Clash, so... Or maybe not. There might be some fair weather fans, uh, especially after the, the headlines out of the, the D's this week. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I still reckon Gorn's the one. Yeah. Uh, if I, I'm probably going to bring him in, just a bit of a bit of FOMO, I think, um, which obviously isn't great when you're trading in Supercoach, but with a 30 break even and um, the potential to score 150 against uh, old DCAM, I reckon that he's a, a fairly safe bet. Uh, as captain. And are we tipping Melbourne? Has anyone tipped an upset? Oh, I mean, no, it'll, be a good game. it'll be a good game, but I think D's yeah. um, in a close one. I think Melbourne, I think Collingwood won't uh, won't go away, though. I think it'll be one that Melbourne have to fight out for the entire game to yeah. win. And that's everything. So thanks for joining us, Dan. Absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me on, guys. So, yeah, fingers crossed uh, Darcy can repay the faith as a... <laughs> <laughs> yes, fingers crossed indeed. I need some luck. And good luck in round 13. Azza, thanks for stepping in for Clarkie. My absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me on again, Damon. No worries. And we will talk to you next week. <laughs>